Hello and welcome to Enough Liquor, a podcast where we wear a green silk pantsuit and break out the finger sandwiches as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 115th episode in the series, Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> Mr. Astaire is here. <laughs> It looks like he's hungry. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's so, oh my God. That's so funny. I love that. Break out the finger sandwiches. Um, okay. Well here we, every time this episode comes on, I'm always puzzled to be like, are they, are they trying to do like an empty nest episode? Is this like a spinoff? Is it where, where people like they're, they're, uh, it's the girls are present for it. So it's not like it was like a scheduling thing where they had to have other characters <laughs> fill up like some of the storylines more. It's just really, it's a very odd in medias race sort of entry of just like, remember when I used to be here when my mom was sick? And it's just like, what, what are you guys talking about? I don't, I don't know. It always puzzles me every time. Yeah. It's super bizarre. Um, this is the first episode of the golden girls to air in the nineties which I think is interesting. Um, Very so maybe they were just like, new year, new decade, no rules. <laughs> yeah, no rules. We just want to put this girl in here. Um, so I do still really think this one is funny. It's, it, it doesn't make any sense, obviously, the plot. Um, but when I was a kid, I would probably have said this was one of my favorites. I thought it was like, I Whoa, particularly remember, really? yeah, like I remember the Ida like run through line being really funny. I remember watching with my little brother and like the late night runs and he too really loved the like, what did you do with Ida callback? <laughs> um, and so I wonder if it's just because that joke is so sort of like floor level accessible to anyone, you know, cause he was probably yeah, six really or seven young. at this time. Yeah. And so like, it was just funny to, to even him. And so I feel like, um, I don't know. And like the, the whole Meryl thing was really funny to me. Obviously I wasn't thinking about the complexities of the prison industrial complex. Um, but Indeed. like, I really, and I still, even this time watching it, I was like, God, this is so everything about this. Um, every line in here is funny. Um, it's great. I, I still really enjoy it, even though it doesn't make any sense. And we never see Mary or Fred again. Um, and apparently they've been really close to their for a long time. Um, for many years. I'm into it. Do you like it? What do you think? I mean, I like it, but I, it definitely was never any of my favorites because of the puzzlement of like, I wanted, I wanted a little bit more of like, like, I understand being like, ah, let's throw these characters in and say that they've always been around. Like, that's fine. That's very fair to do in a sitcom. It's happened a lot of times in this sitcom before, <laughs> but it, it, it just seems a little more bizarre. And I think because it's almost like you're reeling from the empty nest episode where you're like, is this going to, is this something else? Is this like a network thing? Like why? It, it, I, I've always wanted to figure out why. And I think also, I think the pregnancy thing, we deal with pregnancy and, you know, struggles like a lot in this episode and, and this series, but like, I almost wanted the, the pregnancy storyline and like the difficulty of her being so young, knocked up and thrown out of her house to be, I don't know, just like a written a little like bit a bigger better. deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, a bigger deal, but also like the dad is such a dick and it's like, once again, I mean, last episode, we're talking about the emotional labor Dorothy had to do for a man for Stan being a sad sack on Christmas. And like in this one, she has to do so much labor to be like, your fucking daughter's living at our house, you asshole. She doesn't have any other parent but you. Like, yes, you're angry. You have a right to be angry, but like, get over yourself. Just ignore her in your own house for a while. What the fuck? <laughs> it's just yeah. really 
he just doesn't seem concerned like that her, his daughter's over there because he can trust these women. He's like, oh, well, they're doing it. They're out, you know, they're outsourcing. And it's right. like, or he's outsourcing rather to them. And I don't know. It just, it just bothers me. It really bothers me. Not there are a lot it. of great lines to your point. The Meryl storyline always, I did actually always love the B story more in this one, but then also now rewatching it, speaking of prison industrial complex and assumptions about ex-cons uh, is like not, not the healthiest um, just for the, the roped up, tied up gag. No. Yeah. There's a lot. Well, so actually I was wondering, so in my notes, you know, Dorothy and Mary have that, um, that conversation. And I feel like maybe part of the thinking behind this was to also have Dorothy be able to be this like wise person who's gone through this experience because there's yeah. so many digs at like how she got knocked up as a teenager. Um, you know, even though it's like 45 years later. And so I feel like maybe it's possible, like it was the idea came from the Dorothy being able to share her experience in sort of like a, um, like a guidance kind of way rather than yeah. it just being played for a joke. Um, Cause I do think that's a pretty nice moment and her sort of like reflecting on her father being mad and like really kind of gently reality checking Mary a little bit too. Yeah. I think that's very true. I think that's a really good theory of like that we do get to see a different side of Dorothy talking about her early pregnancy <laughs> with another another girl going exactly through it. It's right. funny, it actually like my my great grandmother, I, I only learned probably in my 20s or maybe even early 30s um, from, from my mother that my great grandmother like almost had a baby out of wedlock. She became pregnant out of wedlock, which was like not a thing. And then, you know, like was basically like families came together to ensure that the two of them were married, you know, to make sure it was all kosher. And then years later, my mom's cousin uh, got pregnant at like, you know, 16 or something along those lines and was basically like shunned from the family. And then my great grandmother was like the Dorothy figure to talk to her to be like, I've been there before. And it was like, kind of a comfort, which is really interesting. So it's kind of funny. It's like this exact scene sort of plays out in my own family. Um, now that I think about it, it's just like a very relevant um, message. And it's like, I also am very aware that like the Dorothy character, you know, especially like, you know, had B. Arthur had played Maud before and like had these sort of speeches and like talking about pregnancy and other things with teenage girls and it's like it's really um it's just fascinating it is it is a it is a good experimental storyline I just wish we got a little deeper and like I guess I wish I cared about maybe the dad character a little more than I do yeah um do you see any John Lovitz resemblance in the dad character like oh yeah like, I totally do I totally not do. John Lovitz yeah um okay just just wanted to get that out there um yeah, well, okay, so should we start from the beginning? Because, like, I love the, the running gag of Sophia particularly reading other people's oh, mail. No, it's so good. <laughs> Carol Kellogg, who's seen Mass Blanche, is her letter. It's such, <laughs> it's such a great punchline that comes after this whole thing. I mean, it's, uh, it's so awesome. <laughs> and she's reading, like, this borderline erotic content with like such a dry level and like her eyes never look up from the paper it's just a really really good delivery um <laughs> yeah. it makes it so much funnier <laughs> it's really great 
Um, also, you know, it is a fat joke, but the whole hammock suspended between two magnolia trees. So maybe he loses a few pounds. <laughs> so <laughs> earnest. It's pretty you can't amazing. Get mad at it. <laughs> exactly. But um, what's really funny is that, like, it, I do really love this B story because it is something that Blanche would absolutely do, right? No harm. It's fine. Like, it's kind of funny because it's like, it's also a good deed. <laughs> It's yeah. also kind of like part of her volunteering. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag there, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, no, it does feel very her. And um, also like she's like, oh, they're not personal. Um, and it, it's like, it's exactly her thinking she's doing community service and not having any type of feelings about like what, you know, the leading the other on or think. the, right. Or like the, sexual like the sexually explicit language that's I'm, I'm, I'm assuming being used in some of these other letters like there's no she didn't even tell her friends that she was doing this it was just like such a non-thing to to bring totally, up totally totally yeah exactly like completely emotionally removed like you said <laughs> <laughs> but so so all right switching gears you know the the doorbell rings and Mary's at the door and I just love it that like for this scene when she comes to the door as well as like when um you know Dorothy comes into her bedroom <laughs> later <laughs> like they just really are trying to reinforce so much that she's young they have her like holding her headphones <laughs> I know just, like, and she never takes her really, headphones off <laughs> yeah it's like a really awkward like I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's just that the actress doesn't do it quite so well, but like the way that like she's like caught and it's almost like she's frozen on the other side of the door in that position when they answer the door. Like it just feels unnatural. I remember thinking that all the time and that like when I watched it when I was younger and it's just like, it's just funny because you're just like, it's very transparent of like, look, a teenager, that's all they do. <laughs> yeah, it's very teenager and like the big clothes, which are now cool again. Um, You know, I feel like I know. we don't see that many fashion trends coming back, but the big jeans and the oversized shirts are for sure back in. Um, but I do, yeah, I feel like somebody, like some writer was like, what do teenagers like? And it's like music. <laughs> yeah. Hi, well, my, my niece says we all listen to Walkman. <laughs> Backpacks, like, yeah, it's so, it's so much like, this is a teen. Um, and they also really try to reinforce that they all really know her. Um, Mary, you know, like, it's so Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, like, who's the mom in the hospital? Why is this relationship never explained? What is going on? Yeah, it's like, it's just, maybe that's that, that, I think that force fit or like where it feels unnatural in the writing is what I was complaining about in the beginning of just like, what rubs me the wrong way it's like you're allowed to introduce new characters obviously but it just feels like one of these things where you're hit over the head of like you should know them they're really close yeah <laughs> used to live here you know I mean what <laughs> yeah like I feel like there's so much background too on this relationship that they're trying to fill in the gaps in a way that yeah. they don't always do when they introduce new characters you're right, you're um, right. that's probably and- why it feels weird to me yeah, it's like hitting you over the head with the fact that like they know her and they knew her mom and it, you shouldn't be weirded out by this. Um, so I see that. It's maybe a little too <laughs> into the face. A little too heavy. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I do love like, yeah, again, the exposition. I can't believe it. It was only yesterday you were selling us cookies. Now she's giving them away. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny, yeah. It's really good. Oh my God. But um. I also enjoy the Dorothy line, just because the plumbing's in doesn't mean the house is ready to occupy. Bam. 
I know. <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> y'all should pocket that for when your kids are hitting puberty. <laughs> I know. Seriously. My God. What a, what a line. I saw it in this old house. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Such good writing. Um, wait, before we, I want to get back to the kitchen for one second because yeah, yeah. I want to talk about Phil looking pretty stupid doing that by himself. Because yes, yes. <laughs> any Phil content I have to bring up. And I feel like, um, yeah, I don't know, like the dog thing is kind of a running, like a sort of a back, like a background to this as well. Um, and it's just like, you know, anytime Phil comes up, he's always doing something that's like hyper feminine. Um, and of course he has a poodle. Like, it's just so, the. the I mean, he has a very full backstory considering like, whereas Mary just shows up. Right, right. But like, at least Phil's one, he's a sibling and a a son. And then two, we, you know, it's like over X number of episodes forever, which is amazing. So, yeah. Um, Okay. So jumping totally in the opposite side, (laughs) we are going to meet Meryl, Mr. Stan. Oh my God. So great. After 10 years in the jug, he's going to be pretty short on foreplay. the again the delivery of that line is about 90 percent of its value it's like really really hilarious yeah and um, um i mean those two in that scene like sophia Estelle oh, so holding good. on to b and like kind of shuffling with her is oh unbelievable God, physical comedy. when they walk together they sit down together in the chair every chair it's so good so good and um my other note is that this is great hair for b arthur she looks great um she's got like such command in this scene but she's like obviously so nervous and it's really funny to see Sophia who you know largely kind of like cuts her down relying on her for this type of like physical protection but yeah sitting sitting down in the chair is so funny and then Sophia continues to like look super uncomfortable and I just I think it's great great acting it is it is and then uh, then the whole like call me moose (laughs) Look, Moose. <laughs> can't help herself where she actually gets giddy again, right? It's like, that was Dorothy's nickname, elementary school. <laughs> Look, Moose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's really funny, too, is that they, um, what I love about that dynamic where they're shuffling together is that, like, unlike when they try to like clue Rose into something or like clue other characters into something. And it has to be really obvious, like, because you're Cuban, like the, (laughs) like the Dorothy Sophia dynamic as mother and daughter, because they're so well connected, they immediately just roll into like, look, we don't know when where Blanche is or when she's going to be back. Right. Like, it's not even like a, they just, they just outwardly lie and both build on each other. And they don't even have one of these like wink and a nods to each other because they just know this is the right thing to do. (laughs) And I really love that. It's like, it's really subtle, but like, it's just such a, it's such a like celebration of their relationship and where we've built this far, you know, into the series, like to your point of like the physical difference and the protection. And then also like Sophia kind of making fun of Dorothy, but then them like, just like rolling right into a lie to try to get this guy out of their house. And everything about it is incredible. Yeah, no, it's great. That's totally, that's a really good, um, really good tidbit about like, you know, the unspoken nature of the relationship and then both trying to solve this problem. Um, obviously, ultimately, unsuccessfully at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but also like, you know, in contrast to like later Rose does catch on and she's like, yeah, and she's fat or like, you know, I mean, like Isn't she just she, yeah. really like it's played for laughs again, but she just goes over the top. Um, oh my God. 
But I will say, speaking of physical comedy, right? Like the, the shuffling together, the sitting in the same chair, but with Blanche going, well, how are you, Meryl? Meryl, that's like yeah. one of the best visual physical gags in the whole series. Like she throws her legs up in the air. Her face is like, oh God, it's it's so good. Like I watched it again. I like rewound it and watched it again the way she like sits and bounces up immediately. It's like, incredibly nimble. Out of, yes, at, but like honestly, in the whole in one of, in the whole series, that's got to be one of the visual, like best physical comedy like top five gags. I love it. I love yeah. it so much because it's her whole body, like her eyes kind of bug. Yes. You know, like she's like, oh my god. <laughs> um, and then yeah, like Rose catching on is also like you could see a world in which Rose didn't gather it, but um, yeah. and she like you know I love that Rose takes this opportunity to kind of throw some digs, even though Absolutely. I don't like a bad joke, but like right, right, right. When else is she gonna get to do this? And Blanche obviously ultimately can't take it, which is like also so Blanche. <laughs> I know it's so perfect. <laughs> she fucks herself over. She's like Me. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, so okay, we move. We're moving on here. You know, Meryl is gonna come back for Blanche. We're talking about. <laughs> Mary, etc., in the kitchen. And Rose is like, I just had a thought. And they all say, they say, whoop-de-doo, way to go, and congratulations, congratulations. Over, <laughs> over each other. That scene is incredible. It's just, it's perfectly dry and just like I really of all the like, you know, Rose, like pick your brain, leave it alone, let it heal. Like of all those like Rose's brain or thinking lines, I love, I love this delivery. I think it really is very, very clever. It's so universal. Yeah. The um the scene in the kitchen and like Rose is uh, I mean, this is very relevant to you. You're about, I don't know, five minutes away from giving birth. <laughs> um but well i would like, i would say it was like probably when this will air i will have had my child so yes that's true um yeah so like you know the rose is gonna sign up for lamaze which is all very uh in line with i feel mime. like you know roses yeah mine class um and then when blanche comes in she's like i believe that women um should have babies the way god intended strapped to a table numb from the neck oh, down like i, love I agree so more oh my god can't agree more <laughs> yeah it feels like that yeah. should be the way that I should mean, be the default <laughs> the way god intended i don't yeah <laughs> i love that like a Devereaux here <laughs> oh and she says it in such a great accent too you know strapped to a table numb from the neck down like the end like that's all you need <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that's what she did yeah i love it <laughs> oh incredible so all right but so they start discussing the mary problem right and like they've all essentially extended her stay to be like you 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 can stay here forever like we're gonna help you through it we're taking lamaze with you like all this stuff and all three i mean you know blanche has her own shit as per usual but she's sort of along for the ride and not really paying much attention because she's blanche rose and dorothy are incredibly invested right in helping mary and rightly so like that's great Sophia, though, it's funny, they they push back on her a little bit when she's asking questions like how far into this are we going she has a really good question. That's a very good question. Like she's just trying to talk through it all. And if there's anything that people need to take away from kids, even if it's not your own fucking kid, is that you better talk through any possible scenario that you can think of <laughs> beforehand because it's going to make it that much easier to do it. And I really like, I love like Sophia in this episode because not only is she poking and prodding Dorothy and Rose specifically to be like, are we like, is the kid going to live here? Like, are we right. going to be the parents? Like what's going on? I'm in my eighties. <laughs> And also I love when she's like, first he lets his dog eat Ida. Now this, I'm mad as hell. I just love that. Like, she just says it. She's said, like, absolutely reflects perfectly 
of the, like the dumb way that the dad is is um acting but also like we're just going to accept and roll with it like as time marches on we're not going to try to solve this now like nip it in the bud now <laughs> like it's his grandkid man you know it's like i just i really love how she's framed there and she's just like she's right sophie is right yeah all i have is a little patience and understanding um yeah exactly. i think it's i i agree and i think that it is like somebody would have had to bring up that point eventually um where is the baby gonna go also like who's gonna pay for mary's medical care totally, and like man all of these things and so yeah she gets to a point where she and Dorothy go over there but it's interesting because Dorothy's obviously tried to reach him and to no avail and that like I think also to your point about him being like a real dick is like he won't even respond like okay maybe you don't consider Mary your kid to be like your peer and like you're mad at her and whatever like you owe it to the person who's caring for your Absolutely. child exactly. to respond and be like I'm not ready to talk. even if you're like I'm not ready to talk to her like that's not great but like you can't ignore her she knows where you live Oh my God. Like, seriously, what if she's calling and said she, you know, had an ectopic pregnancy and she's dead? Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. You, you know, like not to go super harsh here, but it's just but like, true. this is true. Exactly. Like you, you motherfucker. Anyway, I, this dad pisses me off because again, it's just like, he's completely centering himself and he's taking advantage of these women who are very kindly taking in his homeless daughter that he is kicked out. And again, when Dorothy talks to him, she's like, you know, right now, Mary doesn't have any parents. Bam. Like, what's your problem, dude? <laughs> He's yeah. just so angry when he talks to her. And it's just like another example of like, go to therapy. I'm going to therapy. Get some help. It's literally my get some help, Rose. It's, yeah. It's in for my notes. Real. Like, for real, yeah. You know? And it's, it's, it's so to me, it's really sad. Like, you know, and we'll, we'll get into the St. All story in a minute, but like when Dorothy says to him, like, she's carrying your grandchild, it like, it, it always irritates me because it's put at that line irritates me because of the way that he's acting and behaving and like being so self-centered. It's like, she has to put it as like, he's going to get something out of the situation for him to care. Right. Where right. it's like, oh, he doesn't care that like, it's his daughter, his daughter who lost her mother already, his daughter who's got to be terrified, his daughter that's going to go through like this intense experience, like and change her life forever. It's like, no, no, no. you're going to get a grandkid out. It's going to be your grandkid. It's like, oh, okay, I should probably care now. <laughs> like, it's just, it really pisses me off. Like, not that like Dorothy shouldn't use all, like, pull out all the stops to like try to convince him. It just annoys me that that's, it, it, it kind of, it's not the same thing, but it reminds me of like when men are like, I had a daughter and I understand now that women are treated differently. And yeah. Like, really? You didn't listen to any other woman in your life? You dickhole. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I, don't mean, this I dad, see it. I this think dad that's right. very much elicited a lot of like, like anger in me, <laughs> probably yeah. because of, you know, uh, being extremely recently pregnant and wanting to, you know, it's, it's, and, and everything that's going on in our country, it's like, like this, even if you end up here by accident or on purpose, it is one of the hardest things to go through. And I do love, like you said in the beginning, like that Dorothy is the vehicle here to be like, this happened to me. And this is what I needed from my father. And I also had two parents, you ask. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, in my ideal scenario, 
we would have discussed the possibility of abortion with Mary. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of where I was going with the whole mod thing. Like we've been yeah, before, yeah. you know. But but yeah, that's also probably like my subconscious being like, oh, like they don't go as far as they could <laughs> in yeah. this episode. But you know, I mean. They don't even, they can't even call the father because he's away at college. Like, I, I think you got to get him on the phone. She's like, he's away. He'll never, like, girl. You oh, you're right. Him. I completely forgot to call that out. What? That's bullshit. Give me a break. It's just total, like, men are absolved of all of this responsibility. Absolutely. And I think yeah. Like, whoops. Oh, it would ruin his life, you know? Like, he's yeah. got to complete his studies. Fuck that shit. Oh, God. This episode pissing me off more than I thought. <laughs> Yeah, we're really pulling it out. Um, okay, well, let's talk about the St. Olaf story and the, okay. the, the concept of telling it. Like, I just think that this is such, shows such um, patience and sort of like, the writers had to be so discerning about when to pull out another character telling a St. Olaf story. And I think to have Dorothy tell it, to have, um, you know, her tell it in this sort of like desperate moment of like cannot get into this guy's head what she's trying to get across and he says like maybe I'm too stupid that's when she you know kind of comes to this realization right. that all the stories where she should go and I just like I love the way she tells it I love when she's like oh I hope I got the names right like I, I think it's B. Arthur is just an incredible storyteller and um an incredible actress and to be able to like partially recall something that you kind of were in and out on and tell it the way that somebody who actually heard it that way would tell it I think is like a real masterclass in acting I just I love that scene so much she delivers it perfectly and like kind of like has a certain degree of embarrassment about it in the moment but also is just trying to do her best to use it as a vehicle as rose always intends you know right and she stories. like mimics the way rose would tell it sometimes or she's you know when she's like fricka one red ribbons usually uh as yeah. runner up to the pig that's like a rose line exactly it's totally a rose line i think here's my thing though later on in the episode the whole like punchline at the end where we you know the other girls find out that uh Dorothy has told a St. Olaf story is like where he goes like sounds like a good place to raise a daughter thing it doesn't like that line doesn't fit with the story like I wish the story were one of the better St. Olaf stories I must say I totally agree with you that I think it's such a great device in this case where she's like off with someone else who doesn't know Rose as well has never heard a St. Olaf story like all that kind of stuff and then it comes back to sort of like bite her in the ass like it's you know the secrets out kind of thing <laughs> but like I don't I don't think it makes sense the way he like delivers it where it's like what do you mean it sounds like a good place to raise a daughter like it's not what the story's really about <laughs> so I no. just think, I wish that was tighter yeah I mean the takeaway from that story is that um the farmer uh never spoke to Fricka his daughter again and then the pig died and so he died to you know the loneliest man so like what about that it makes it a good place to raise a daughter but I guess they just have to have him bring it up um there yeah, so Betty Way I mean. can have that you know that incredible I, smile and like light up her face when she hears it I know I know I just yeah I just wish there's just, there's just a lot of great St. Olaf stories that actually do have sort of a moral like that like vaguely apply it's just it's just really funny but yes I love the device and B. Arthur as always just like delivers it perfectly and it's just funny that this is like what the guy turns on yeah that's what gets him <sighs> oh, so anyway um the 
as a, I know you are, you are a dog owner. You're a very cute dog owner. Who's like not as fierce, but I do love that the scene where like Sophia is afraid of Samson and he just goes, don't worry about the dog. He's just playing. And it just like, as somebody who I gotta say, not a dog fan, particularly dislike when like there is a vicious looking dog or a dog's going absolutely wild and barking and like just being too close. And there's like, Oh, he's really friendly. Oh, he's good with kids. And you're like, I don't know about that. Can you just move the fucking dog away? The dog looks so scary. And also like, she believes that he ate her friend. So like, can you, yeah, you know, it's like, it's so, he's such a scary. And I feel like they're really throwing around that like animal actor budget here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny. And I can totally see why you and your brother like absolutely love the scene. It's just so hilarious, but it just brings up for me where you're just like, can you just tell like, just like when Sophia leaves, just tell him to leave the room. That's what you should do in the beginning. Yeah, it's like never hard. She doesn't like him. She's afraid of him. He's a scary dog. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh boy. I do um okay, so like back, can we can we jump to uh Merrill and not having paid his debt to society? I guess. Yeah, he didn't. (laughs) Again, like I like from a from a moral messaging standpoint, I dislike the fact that they go there because it's like again, it's just like, oh, if you have paid your debt to society and you if you've been in prison you're just scary and bad right it just feels like you're just like you're always gonna do bad things again um although again like very like we get great physical comedy from Estelle Getty and I will say we get to use like that little weird area in the living room little space which is like never used the only time we ever see it yeah (laughs) it's so funny no it's like I think that we use it like one time to like um when um Sophia and the the Japanese gardener are like having a flirt on or something but that's basically Mm -hmm. it (laughs) it's hilarious um but yeah so I I do love that like you know uh when Blanche comes in, they're walking in and like, you know, being like, well, I don't know, maybe, you know, she was going to spend the night at Janet's, which I thought was really fascinating, but, you know, the way yeah. that, that, um, but I, <laughs> it's just like, it's just so dorky where she's shaking her head. Yes. No, like in response to what they're saying, but it just works really well. They're all just such funny actresses that I do really enjoy that scene. Yeah. It's funny. It's your classic, like sitcom break-in scene, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and like the reveal that he's back in jail, um, I think is also like a nice way for them to sort of tie up that story because like, you know, a lot of things are kind of left hanging out there, but uh, a fugitive who does appear to be violent, just like running around with the, like the information getting to your house, like feels like it would need to be a little <laughs> like locked up. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. And oh, then that's like, over. <laughs> yeah, where'd he go? I don't know. Um, but like, I don't know, there's, yeah, that story obviously like is funny on a surface level. It obviously, it does not age very well. Cause there's also like a lot of digs about him sort of behaving violently sexually now that he's out, you know, it's yeah, just like, yeah. there's things that you don't do and you, like, you never should have made jokes about, but you really don't do them anymore. Um, and so that storyline in particular, I think is tough to, it doesn't age as well, but the fun, like the physical comedy of Sophia being tied up and like hitting something so they pay attention to her is like, that is just, that is timeless. 
exactly exactly so it's like yeah it has to it's it's kind of that's a perfect like summation of like how i sort of enjoy this episode like kind of on the surface level i really enjoy it like i think both storylines do well i like the saint olive gag i like you know just like all the jokes about uh meryl and fred astaire for play and moose and all that kind of stuff but then if it like you go deeper into like what the the actual storylines are about teenage pregnancy and being abandoned by your family as well as someone getting out of prison and being violent towards an elder <laughs> yeah that's you're tough. like ooh, yeah these are really tough to parse in a way that like other episodes do those heavy storylines very well right like so and i i think in terms of like the moral messaging so i think that that that's a thank you for helping me get there i think that that's exactly why i'm kind of like i'm okay on this episode i think it's it's funny i enjoy it i wouldn't say i don't like it but it's one of those ones that like comes up short yeah that's totally fair i think it's like i think it um I wouldn't put it in my favorites now, but I do have a soft spot for it. So. Of course. I mean, anytime you have like a, you know, an in-joke in your family like with your brother. Just like a memory person. of what, yeah. yeah, it's so tangible to me. <laughs> it's very cute. Shout out to your bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. Off to mind class. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, join us next time when we discuss creating your own happiness and the grand marshal of the Benai Brith Rodeo. <laughs> Take care, everyone.